0: You know that the human brain is not fully developed until we are 25 years old.
1: 25?
0: Yes. So we have the frontal lobe, which is the smartest part of the brain. uh, And that part is not fully developed until we are 25 years old.
1: Am I right? It's also the youngest part of the brain system.
0: Yes, from an evolutionary point of view. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So it's a a late arrival.
0: Yes. (laughs) But a smart one.
1: But also the idea that if it's 25, that is surprising, actually, Mm -hmm. which explains many things, yes misdemeanours and misdecisions in in our early life. Exactly. Well, uh, yep, I'm joined again by uh, Katerina Gospic, MD, PhD, MSc. I love saying it. I love saying it because (laughs) it's a reminder that we're in the presence of expertise. So in a nutshell, it's fair to say that you, you... set an uh, early career path uh, around science, yes, f- physiology, mm-hmm. the brain. Yes. You did a, a thesis on your PhD mm-hmm. around um, decision-making. Yes. Yeah, got this, and also the way the emotions show up.
0: Exactly. And also which part of the brain that's responsible for fairness.
1: For fairness? Yeah. Oh, are we going there today? Yeah, we good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, bring it on. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna share. We're, we're gonna share a talk around the brain, mm-hmm. um, brain development, how it works. Um, I I want to lead you into uh, emotional intelligence for sure because yes. we, we've just established it's it's mm-hmm. uh, an area of interest for you. Okay, so um, just say a bit more about the brain then about the the the, the, the relationship, say between the rational. Yes and the emotional. Mm? I hesitate to say irrational, but if yeah. we go rational-emotional, is mm. that a fair contrast and how, what goes on in our heads with those two uh, yeah. spheres? As it were? So
0: I would describe it more in terms of uh, reflective versus reactive. So um, in the brain, if we're going to learn two brain structures, uh, we can learn about the stratum, which is simplify the brain's reward structure. Mm. So everything that triggers uh, the reward structure is something pleasant. It could be candy, nice people, things we like to do. Feel good,
1: something, a feel good factor, okay.
0: Correct, and that's something that we want to approach in our behavior Uh, versus um, things that triggers unpleasantness, for example, and that's controlled by amygdala, our primitive emotional brain structure. And the behavior we see there is kind of uh, fight or flight. So that's something that we want to avoid. So we want to avoid snakes, but approach chocolate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
0: So those two are part of the emotional brain, whereas the frontal lobe is the smartest part of the brain. So if you see amygdala and stratum, like two children that could be fighting, you know... um, over things, you have the frontal lobe, which could be like a parent that could regulate these two emotional structures. So that's why it's called the smartest part of the brain that allows us to be more reflective and long term, think of the future.
1: I, I want to stay with the brain, yes. Sort of you know, he- headline type questions for now. Mm-hmm. When we started, you mentioned, I'm sure, uh, 25 years, yes, or thereabouts, mm-hmm. before the human brain is fully developed. Correct. So, first question. Has that always been the case? Is that a thing of modern man or would that have been the same 10,000 years ago, hunter-gatherer?
0: Uh, it's the same. Right. Yes.
1: Next question. I'm not leading you down a tricky path here. No. I, I would imagine ancient man, mm-hmm. a typical human lifespan would be 45, 50 years maximum. On average?
0: I would actually say like this, that before it was very difficult to survive to a higher age due to lions, infections and such, but they could kind of live...
1: Okay, because you can see as, where I was going with the question. It's like, yeah. are we really suggesting that the brain's not fully developed until we're like halfway through our natural life as ancient man? But what you're yeah. saying is it was because of other environmental factors, actually, that we we had relatively short lifespan.
0: Yeah, that could make it very difficult to survive But a do, higher it, age.
1: does it surprise you as an expert that, that it is relatively uh, long into our life, 25?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: It's quite a surprise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um, Why do you think that is? I mean, evolution.
0: So we kind of reach the peak of the brain between 25 to 30. And then it actually <laughs> starts to decline after that. Uh, so for example, when I did my brain studies, I I used to exclude people over like 40, 45. Uh, because then you could get kind of scars. So imagine if you look at the skin of people. And uh, we are talking about probabilities. So maybe you have less scars, you know, on your skin, the younger you are, whereas as you old, you might get, you know, different things, nothing that's dangerous or something, but it changes. And it's a bit the same with the brain. You know, you could find some artifacts and, and stuff like
1: that. So. And, okay. Um and you you've also talked about the stratum and the amygdala and we yes. I think we're we're learning with you, or you're helping mm-hmm. us to learn. Okay, reward system and, and fear, fight or flight. I, that's yeah. super clear, thank you. So again, um do they also take twenty five years to reach peak performance? Because I've got the sense from you with both of them, yeah. straighter and amygdala, mm-hmm. that actually they're almost reptilian, like like they're there yeah. in the code from day one. Yeah. Or do they also take the 25 years to...
0: No, 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 they are there. They're there. Yeah. So right. if you imagine a, a kid in the supermarket that wants candy and the parent says no, uh, you will probably see an amygdala reaction. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's the, the prefrontal uh, cortex, is it, that is playing catch-up? Uh, So so
0: it's not developed kind of at all, especially the younger you are. So then you just feel like candy, fast rewards. It looks super, super nice. It's something you want to approach. And then your parent says, no, you can't do that. And then you get super angry. You start crying, maybe screaming. And that's because you don't have the parent, the frontal lobe to regulate and to tell amygdala like it's not an appropriate reaction in the supermarket to just scream.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. This explains so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Especially any parent listening to this will go, exactly. Yeah. I knew there was science behind it. Right. Yeah. Um, let's let's bring in the, the idea of e- emotional intelligence and yes. our emotions into this discussion. Right. Yeah. So is, is it EQ or EI? What, what, what do you scientists actually say?
0: I would say EQ.
1: EQ, yeah. emotional quotient. Yeah. Okay. But people
0: usually say just emotional intelligence. Yeah, because yeah. we say
1: IQ, don't we, you know, yeah, in terms yeah. of rush. Now, so there's my first question for you. Yeah. So most people will be familiar with IQ, mm-hmm. and most people, I think, would understand that that is measurable. Like, you know, you can do tests, right, yeah. to have your and you get a number, I think, don't you? Mm-hmm. I bet yours is high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you what mine is, because actually I don't know. Oh. But though, um, EQ Am I right in thinking that we can't really measure it? It's not measurable, is it? In the way that intelligence quotients are.
0: Exactly. So I mean, with IQ, you have these typical tests where you know, uh, yeah, you should answer different uh, quizzes and and stuff like that. Uh, With emotional intelligence, I would say that it's about understanding the social glue uh, that goes on, yeah, that goes on between. Uh, people or mm. the lack of it yeah uh, so that's one part um, having some sort of awareness and that goes both for your own emotions just going back to the supermarket uh, if someone says no you can't buy candy you have an awareness in terms of how should I react appropriately appropriately and also if you feel like you are getting a bit angry you have an awareness like yeah it's because I'm hungry it's late. Mm. And the second part is, of course, control. So, uh, having an emotional intelligence uh, enables me to control my feelings. Uh, And the last part is expression. Okay. How do I express my emotions? So, even though I am super hungry and I want to eat lots of candy, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't just start screaming or. Yelling.
1: I definitely want to come back to those key elements of awareness, control, and, and expression for sure. But just before we, we get there, I mean, so again, so we've got the idea, if I've understood correctly, EQ is not as measurable in, in that way as, it's 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 more intangible.
0: Yes, yeah. but you could also measure it from, how to say, uh, a brain point of view. So if I would put you in a brain scanner, for example... Uh, I could see, uh, yeah, how you uh, react, uh, how you are aware of different things, and also how you control yourself. So, with the brain scanner, I could kind of get okay. those types of, of measurements. But it's, I would say, it's a bit, uh, uh, yeah, more fluffy <laughs> to measure than than the typical tests okay. that we have today.
1: So in terms of the physical structure of the human brain, are, yeah. you, are you saying that there are certain areas where EQ uh, sits?
0: For sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, we could measure a type of awareness. And there are, for example, very interesting studies where they have pu- uh, put uh, monks who have meditated for a long period of time in a brain scanner, and then they tell them, like, express 40% of empathy. And then they're like going to 40 <laughs> and then they're like express 60% and then they're like, Bzz. so if you are, how to say, uh, very aware, uh, with mm. yourself, you could also then a bit like a car, when you put uh, your foot on the gas pedal, it, it's easier you to can tune. R- regulate it. Yeah. yeah. And you could also fine tune it, um,
1: but yeah. you're also suggesting, I think, that it takes a lot of practice. For sure. <laughs> and
0: especially, yeah. I, I mean, I would say it's about uh, the level of tuning. Yeah. So, of <clears> course, <throat> this is something in general that, that is built into every human being. And I would also say that the more people uh, we have around us, and if we spend lots of time IRL in real life, we get to practice this every every day. Uh, whereas today, when people are very stuck with their cell phones, for example, uh, we don't give others mm. this type of attention where we read out this type of social glue that's going on.
1: I, I, I want to just jump on something you, you've just said. you talked about it. It's part of our sort of everyday humanity. I, I get that. So we're agreeing that uh, the, 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 the quality, the human quality of EQ, EI, mm-hmm. is fundamentally human. There's a physical sense about it it's sitting within our brains, and then there's this uh, ethereal sense spiritual sense as well that you've you've referred to so when we talk about developing eq as humans and uh, um striving for greatness you yes. know like like the, the the ultimate how much of it is nature mm-hmm. and how much of it is nurture
0: that's always a question within science and uh, uh, Usually, it tends to end up in 50-50. It's it's quite um, uh, equal. With that said, there are, of course, people with different um, diagnoses and and such. Uh, So then, um, yeah, you may not have the same type of uh, framework in your brain that enables you uh, to do this as easily, for example. Uh, so some people uh, that have difficulties with this, their amygdala is working differently, for okay. example. So if you have ever experienced a person getting too close to you, the reason for that is that their amygdala is not working Um, uh, in the correct way.
1: Okay, so it shows up as a a, a slight distortion of spatial awareness even. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure.
0: Um, So uh, if I would get too close to you, for example, your amygdala would start firing. uh, And the reason for that is because back in the days when we were cavemen, if someone got too close to you, that was a threat.
1: Yeah, for sure. So
0: that's how amygdala is signaling your personal space. But some people could have a problem with this. So their amygdala is not telling them that you are getting too close. So what happens then is that they might come closer and closer to you and you keep taking steps back. But then we have the situation of love, for example, because imagine it would be a great problem if you wanted to kiss someone. But then as you get close, you're like, oh, this is too close. So you would get back, right? But what happens when you want to approach someone in a romantic fashion is that uh, oxytocin, a uh, cuddling hormone, is released and that works in an anxiolytic way on your amygdala. Uh, so that enables you to get close to someone so you could kiss.
1: I'm, I'm absolutely. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is great stuff. All right. Um, okay, so... Um, I just wanted to put one other thought to you uh, before we move on. Um, nature nurture, I'm, I'm still yes. with that. Just one more question, if I may. Um, if I think about emotional intelligence as just generally as a non-expert, mm-hmm. I, I would I would imagine that it's mainly a learnt behaviour, a learnt quality. So, you know, early years, childhood, you know, role models, and and just observing and mirroring behaviours that seem to be rewarded to play back some of your language, right? Mm -hmm. But you've also said that actually it's not necessarily, it's almost like we are born pre-coded for empathy and...
0: For sure. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. also, what's happening if you take the relationship between uh, mother and baby? Mm. There are different substances that are released in order to get this type of bond. And if you think from a survival point of view, it's very beneficial if you are very tiny to be close to your mother, and that that is something that's encouraged. Um, yeah. So so it is uh, how to say pre-programmed, but then. We have different type of how to say genetic makeup uh, that could either enhance these types of behavior or, yeah.
1: But then you you can see on on life's journey for every individual on the planet, you can now yeah. see how it so it's sort of seeded, it's planted as a seed like you know EI yeah. the ability to have high EI, yeah, and then depending on our life's journey, you know, it either produces a beautiful harvest or, for some people, it's a much harder. Uh, yeah. path of, of, of growth. Yeah. yeah,
0: and if you look at the normal population, uh, these types of features are usually normally distributed, if you know this bell shape, Yes, shaped, the bell shape. yeah. Shot, yeah. Uh, so, again, yeah, lots of people okay. are in the middle, but then some people might be a bit better and some people yeah,
1: might be okay. a bit worse. I, do, I, do, I want to kind of deconstruct it just a little bit more with you in the mm-hmm. heart of this uh, chat. Awareness control expression. Yes. Uh, key elements of... Right. So let's start. Awareness. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking self-awareness, aren't we? Or is it awareness of others?
0: I would say both, but it always starts with you. So going back to the monks and also doing a very simple exercise together with the listeners. So if we, for example, would close our eyes and just uh, breathe in through the nose a couple of times and really focus on the breath, and if we would deviate from thinking of how we are breathing, let's say we start thinking like, oh, what will I have for dinner or something? Uh, then we are deviating our focus. But when we bring it back, uh, these two processes reflect awareness and control. So uh, we are aware of the breath. And then I start thinking about dinner And then I tell myself, oh my God, I'm thinking about dinner. (laughs) That was not the task. So this is awareness. Okay. Uh, And then when you bring yourself back to the breath, back to the task, then you are practicing control. Um, And going back to these monks, that's kind of what they are practicing. And that's also... Uh, one part of the explanation why they become so good
1: and there are other um you could say like well-known uh, well-being you know practices meditation uh, yoga yes. a lot of it comes down to uh, even sort of breathing does it not and, and yeah. uh, um they say just a sense of self and being present
0: for sure yeah uh, so with those types of activities you practice awareness you practice control uh but you also practice kind of expression because when you're breathing, for example, that's uh, in, a, in a calm pace, I should say, <laughs> that's actually the easiest and fastest way uh, to cool down the whole body, the system. Um, so in, in the body, we have two uh, autonomous uh, um, nervous systems. One is called the uh, parasympathic system and the other one is the, um, uh, the sympathetic System, yeah, that's how you say it in English. Mm-hmm. And the first one is kind of rest and digest and the other one is fight or flight. Uh, so when you're breathing, you're putting your body into this rest and digest
1: mode. The parasympathetic,
0: Parasympathic. Sympathic, yeah.
1: Yeah, I got you. So, and, and you talked about control. I, is it just about the breathing or, or are there other elements? What are we controlling within this world of AI? Is yeah. it just the breathing or are, are there other... Things. So,
0: the, so uh, the breathing is just an example uh, how we can practice these things. But when it comes to uh, emotional control or emotional regulation, uh, if we simplify, there are two parts. So one part is to control your attention. So a very classical ex- uh, experiment is the marshmallow experiment. I don't know if you heard about that. No. So... You take like a five-year-old kid and you put them in a room at a table like this and then you put a marshmallow in front of them. And then you tell them that if you don't eat this piece of candy while I'm gone, uh, you will actually get a second one when I get back. Uh, and they're really uh, fun <laughs> YouTube clips, <laughs> of course, on I, this type bet, of experiment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if you film the kid during these like 15, 20 minutes... Uh, usually they tend to, you know, sit on their fingers, they tend to look away, you know, so they are not looking at this uh, candy. And some start like counting and being like one, two, three, four. So that's attentional control. They are trying to distract themselves from <laughs> uh, not eating this piece of candy. Uh, but then you have the cognitive control. So that would be that you're able to just look at this piece of candy, but then still inhibiting your emotional reaction, your wanting of this piece. So then you could be like, oh, I will just sit here. I am observing, you know, this piece of candy. And I know that there is a greater reward later on. Exactly. Yeah. So that's more how to say cognitive control. Whereas if you start looking away, counting your fingers or, you know, looking out the window, that's more uh, attentional control and uh, practicing distraction from the thing you shouldn't look at.
1: I I love the sound of that. Uh, I'll I'll have a look at some of those uh, YouTubes on, on the marshmallow. But so as I understand it, then what you've just described, we're staying there with the stratum. That's a that's a um a battle within the reward systems like you know do i get like one quick reward now or if i wait yeah, i so get even more reward later so it's a stratum battle right
0: so this is a battle between stratum and the frontal lobe okay so uh, uh the parent the frontal lobe is trying to tell stratum, don't eat yes, it. Yes, wait. You know. Yeah, wait. wait a bit. <laughs> um, but then we actually have another part of the brain called the uh, parietal lobe, uh, which is a bit in the back. Uh, so if you ma- imagine your attention to be a spotlight, and when you are looking at this piece of candy, you are directing your spotlight, your attention towards the candy. Uh, but distraction is then about removing the spotlight from the candy to look out the window instead or, you know, looking at your fingers or or such. So uh, those are two different regulatory mechanisms.
1: Help me join a, a few simple dots here. Yes. Just listening to you here. So we've just been discussing, say, a, a very colourful example of reward yes. and waiting, and, and I think that's beautifully explained. When we widen it, if we take the wider challenge yes. that many of us face in our daily lives, control your emotions. Yes. You know, okay. We go. Like, okay. Yeah. E- easier said than done. Like yeah. how? So I'm getting a sense from you, based on the marshmallow example, for yes. example, that if we can bring it to the conscious self, yes, the cognitive. Part. It's it, you already are beginning to uh, ease the the struggle. Is yeah. so? Is that fair of other emotional challenges? You know, it's um, if you bring it to the front of the the, the brain, to your conscious self. Yes, that, this is the point, right? Yes,
0: exactly. So let's say that uh, you at we are working together, and at work you are making me really really upset. Uh, so rather than staying in this situation. I could then distract myself. So then I could be like, um, okay, uh, this is not constructive, uh, so let's take an hour off. And then I could just go to do another task, for example. So that would be directing my attention uh, towards something else, whereas if I was staying within this situation and I started to breathe, for example, mm. so you are really, let's say you're super angry and you're screaming, then I could be like, you know, taking some breath uh, just to calm my body and not get into this fight or flight mode. And then while you're saying things maybe that are not so nice, if I would, for example, practice more cognitive control and one method is, uh, Is called appraisal, trying to, you know, rethink what you are saying and putting it in a context and, you know, being this wise Mm. old lady. (laughs) Uh, That would be kind of the highest level of emotional regulation, really trying to just, you know, stand like a Buddha while you're facing someone that's very angry
1: so on a practical level even then uh, again people listening to this might be thinking okay uh, uh, you know a practical tip here to take one out yes even taking a time out yeah like if if the heat is on or you're vibrating emotionally and yes. you, you know, you're kind of losing that sense of control yes take a time out yeah yeah i mean you, know, you yeah. don't have to necessarily do a breathing routine no. <laughs> just have a time out go go for, for sure. a short uh, break yes yeah yeah actually I mean that makes sense I mean um just from my own uh, life experience of, with work um some people know that I, I once was a lawyer yeah and I did a lot of uh, negotiations mm-hmm. on uh, business deals and um emotions could get quite high yeah hopefully not mine but yeah. um that would have been uh, inappropriate but it, it, often the, the only way to do that was to literally just uh, call a timeout yeah. even though actually you know in in the overall scheme of things it was yes. not you know, we need to keep going, you know. Yeah, yeah, for We're running sure. out of time. But yeah. sometimes you just had to say, look, let's... And then often a lot of the diffusing of emotion weirdly would happen like in the corridor outside the meeting room. Yes. It would, because then you would get like just people going into ones and twos. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ones, uh, or yeah. even ones actually. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but people would go into like little, like mini yeah. huddles. So they're, okay. they're out of the arena of emotion that was that negotiation moment. Yes. And it's easier to diffuse and decompress. Yeah.
0: And also sometimes in terms of uh, emotional regulation, we might practice inhibition, uh, which means if you take a beach ball as an example, so imagine you are taking this beach ball and you are pushing it underwater. So you're sitting in this negotiation and I just feel like, oh, I know you will make me very, very very angry. Yeah, so... And then I just try to inhibit myself, inhibit my feelings and telling myself, oh, don't get angry, don't get angry. And that's like pushing this uh, beach ball further and further down in the water. So uh, if you don't take a time out or somehow release that energy, yeah. um, there is an increased risk of this uh, beach ball just popping up. And then, uh, yeah, there is risk for... Uh, a yeah. confrontation, basically. So that method is not as good um, in terms of cognitive control if you compare inhibition versus reappraisal. So it's better to sit there and like, okay, I know you're saying this because you're <laughs> very angry and you have gone through all of these things. And if, if you try to do that, uh, you will have, how to say... A lower likelihood uh, to, yeah, express yourself in a way that you might regret yeah. later.
1: Great. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy on awareness and control. Uh, just a little bit more on expression. Yes. So again, um, or maybe we're already there. I mean, uh, yeah. this idea of then um, maybe vocalizing, putting a voice to what you are observing, what you are experiencing, mm-hmm. what seems to be happening here. Yes. Almost like uh, calling it, right? Calling Mm -hmm. the the behavior or even calling yourself. uh, Have I got that right? Is that the expression sense here?
0: Yeah, you're kind of showing uh, what's going on. And uh, if we simplify it, you could do it in a more, how to say, uh, reflective, cold, controlled way versus um, hotter, emotional way. And I'm not putting any value into if one is better than the other right now. But we could take the example of saying, um, uh, for example, if if you are dating someone and then you're like, oh, I really, really like you. That means one thing versus if you're dating this person and then you're like, oh, I love you, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or let's say that you um, commit a mistake and then you're like, oh, I apologize, Versus, oh, I'm so so sorry.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so again, um, in terms of just learning how we work, uh, we could play the right card at the right time.
1: I'm loving this sense because we we often uh, this often comes up in our work within the the orgo community of um, the the uh, simple but powerful differences between I apologize and I'm sorry. Yeah. Or, uh, or or yeah, so that, that, I mean, matters right. So when it comes to the expression mm. element of um, EI EQ, the the idea of authenticity, yeah, of being genuine. So if you're going to express it, make sure that it's coming from a place of absolute authenticity. It's genuine. It doesn't sound or feel phony or fake. Yeah, yeah, or formalized. Mm. Is that right? So.
0: Yeah, I would say it depends on um, on the situation and on uh, on the context. Uh, and
1: who you're with.
0: Exactly. Uh, and what's appropriate and what's not.
1: I, I just want to put in a little shout for our old friend, the amygdala here. Yes. I, if, I, if I may. just oh, oh, See, I'm learning. I do listen. I'm Wonderful. learning. I'm learning. So, because we've talked around, we've used examples of marshmallows and rewards and we think about stratum. Yes. But within within this whole universe of emotional intelligence, yeah. w- what does the amygdala think? I mean, is amygdala sat there grumpy right now, like like nobody listens to me when it comes to this? Or are they in this uh, mix?
0: Oh no 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 they're they're in this mix for sure and feeding us again with um what could be potentially how to say bad what's unpleasant what's uncomfortable what's uncertain usually sometimes i say words starting with un <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, if, if something, yeah 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 uh, yeah but again it's not how to say good or bad uh, because it's really nice that amygdala could detect you know a snake super fast before we become aware of it because that's the reason why we're sitting we're here we're still here yeah, yeah. Today, and speaking of uh, fairness versus unfairness, for example, it's really good that we could uh, sense that you are really being unfair because even though we sometimes ascribe that this type of structure is very, how to say, emotional and reactive, there is also a long-term perspective with saying that now you're treating me unfairly. And trying to do the situation fairly, because otherwise you will learn that you could take, you know, um, 80% of the meat and just give me 20 and I will accept that. But long term, that's not a good deal for me. So by implementing, for example, fairness, uh, telling you you need to share Mm -hmm. 50-50, I will actually increase my chance of survival long term as well. So it's also a bit built in.
1: I'm getting a real strong sense that uh, emotional intelligence is obviously a really pure and fundamental human quality. Yes. Human need on mm. the receiving end. How does this sit with you with life today? I'm, I'm mm. thinking here of the pace of life, the electronic virtual nature of life. Yes. Social media. Yes. Zoom meetings, Teams yeah. meetings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like th- there is a sense of um, detachment. Mm. For sure. Is imposed on us mm-hmm. by the way we uh, operate now. Yes. Is this, uh, in your view, is this compromising and damaging levels of um, EI, EQ?
0: I would say yes.
1: Ah, it's, well then say more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the short answer. Um, because in order, for example, uh, in a previous podcast, we talked about trust, for example. And when we are... Uh, Staying together with our tribe, with our people, we are creating this social glue. We are actually giving people uh, the attention to build these social relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the core for human survival or has always been. And we know, for example, if you take social exclusion, that hurts as much in the brain as if I would, you know... Slap you. Yeah, right. Uh, So that's very painful to be excluded from your social group. And the reason for that is that we are not strong alone. Uh, The chance of dying on the savannah, if you are just one person, it's super, super high. Uh, So we really, really need our tribe. And I would say... Social media and the way mainstream media is communicating today, they use lots of fear that creates polarization. We become our own enemies, and that's separating people rather than uniting them. So with that mm. said, it's very important to go back to the campfire.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, what we also learn when we sit around the campfire is that we give people time to talk. So what's actually known is that just having a cell phone present when we are talking um, makes us have a more shallow discussion. And the reason for that is that our frontal lobe will be, wants to be able to kind of jump back. It's a aware bit.
1: that it's there. Yeah. yeah. So well, that, That's endemic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you see that in so many meetings. So we kind of yeah.
0: start thinking about what's really going on there. And our attention, uh, the spotlight is also directed towards the phone. And in order to handle that, we can just have shallow conversations so then, we create less social glue between us when we are actually talking. Whereas, if we remove that type of distraction, I could give you a hundred percent, and it's super simple. You know, if I give you a hundred percent versus fifty,
1: I'm I'm having a help the world moment here. Yes, I, no, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm again just picking up what you just said. I'm thinking about how we live today. I mean, for me, just as Saul, yes, it's fast. It's sometimes furious. It's it is. It's so fast. And mirroring some of your earlier language, um, reflective yes. versus reactive, Yeah. a, a very important mission critical mm-hmm. aspects of our brains as I understand it. Yes. Would you agree uh, the way we are today? It's like social media. It encourages, just as Saul, uh, reactive behavior. It's sure. you know, duh, 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 duh. Yes. Somebody sends me a, a message or a text and or something that provokes me just yes. a little bit. It's so easy just to whiz a text yes. or an inappropriate email back, isn't it? Yes. And there's, for me, that's not that's not authentic human communication. No. That is um, electronic tennis yes. in a very clumsy way that yes. is uh, ill-informed and uh, lacking emotional intelligence, or at least there's a high risk yeah. that EI will not be there.
0: For sure. And also, I think this is what we see in society, that the decision making has moved down to the emotional structures. So we are very reactive if we're just reading the newspapers, (laughs) what's going on, rather than... Allowing the frontal lobe to have space to be reflective and also to regulate these primitive emotions, and to be like, okay, calm down a bit. You know, it's better to talk than to fight. Or we don't need to go to the fast uh, for the fast rewards all the time. We can be more reflective, thinking long term, uh, and such. And that has been the new uh, unique ability for human beings to have that type of ability. Uh, whereas uh, the take is really uh, making making us more like uh, lizards and
1: snakes. So if I'm doing takeaways, uh, emotional intelligence, fundamentally human, fundamental human quality and need. Yes. A mix of nature and nurture. Yes. So even those of us who feel a little bit off the pace sometimes, yes. there's always hope. It's uh, something to be practiced. Like you need to practice, not necessarily in a Buddhist type way. No. You've used that beautiful example, but yeah. but the idea that this is a muscle that needs, uh, like, yeah, you need to take it and exercise it. Right, it needs
0: like any other muscle.
1: Yeah, yeah, it needs um, to stay fresh. Awareness. Mm-hmm. So awareness of self, awareness of others, so yes. situational awareness. Um, finding your own ways of controlling. Uh, and, and that's more than just the breathing, as we've just said. Yes. Am I right? Bringing it to the front of our conscious self?
0: To the frontal lobe.
1: See and hear what, yeah? Yes. And then expression. So in a sense, uh, say it or share it or is that, uh, no, that sounds clumsy. Help um, me there. <laughs> expression. What's yes. That?
0: To to just think, how do I want to react? How can I be my uh, the, my best self yes. in this situation?
1: Yeah. And keep practicing, right? Yes. Yeah. So, fantastic. I, this is, I, I mean, honestly, I, I love these chats. Um, what has this got to do with communication intelligence? How, how is this then feeding into us all being just uh, even more effective communicators?
0: Yeah, so I would say communication is very related to expression. So if we do these type of uh, three steps in a proper way, we can communicate better.
1: Katerina. Yes. As ever, a super pleasure. And thank you so much. See you again.
0: Thank you so much for having me.